think what I really stand by is being as niche as possible helps a ton. And like, I will say candidly, you know, there's brands that I used to work with that just probably wouldn't work with me anymore. Um, slash I wouldn't work with them solely because it doesn't align with the type of content I'm trying to create these days. And so there's definitely, you can't be everything to everyone. And because it's so saturated right now, you, you won't succeed if that's what you're trying to do. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. I am excited for this episode. I have Katherine Johnson on podcast, also known as BGKJ on Instagram. And she was on episode three of the podcast. So way, way back, two full years ago. Um, if you're interested, I have that episode linked below. Um, if you want to hear a little bit more about what she does and how she got started. But Today, she shares her personal brand story and how she's built a brand around sneakers and making streetwear accessible. We talk about the evolution of her brand from two years ago and even from when she started. And I find it really interesting because I can relate because I think when we all started five or six or seven years ago, we weren't really sure what we were doing on Instagram. We didn't know what Instagram was going to be. And I think that really is an exciting and interesting time that we all went through to really grow our creativity and figure out what we like to do with our photos and content that we're creating. KJ talks about how to find your niche and why it's so important to remember that you can't be everything to everyone. And that's something that she's learned along the way, but I think she does a really, really good job now um, at sticking to what her brand really is and showing people what they want and why they're following her. So she doesn't stray too far from her sneakers, from her coffee and the cool little designs that she's putting on coffee and her pancakes and doing that quarantine in house content. She's done a really great job. So if you're not following her, definitely make sure you're doing that. She also gives her tips for building a brand, growing on social media and sharing consistently. You will learn why diversifying content and platforms is key, her content creation process and how she decides on which brands to collaborate with, which is something really important when you're talking about niching down your brand, because that means that you can't collaborate with just anyone. You really need to understand what your values are and what you're trying to use your platform for. This is a great episode, great conversation. As always, Catherine and I could talk forever and ever, but we kept it down to one episode, so I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, take us on Instagram, show us you're listening, and let me know what your favorite part of the episode was. So let's jump into it. Here is KJ. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. I am, I was going to say sitting with, but I guess we're not really sitting together. I'm on a call with <laughs> Catherine. So thanks for joining me again. This is your second time on the podcast. Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you for inviting me back. Of course. Do you want to start with introducing yourself? So who are you and what do you do? Give us a little tidbit of, of who you are. Absolutely. So my name is Catherine or um, BGKJ on Instagram. I go mostly by KJ these days, I find. Um, and my sort of day-to-day, -day, I work um, in the startup space 
and I am a, are we using content creator these days? I'm a content creator. I don't love the influencer term so much. Um, yes, and a, a I support a, that. Yeah, so I would say I'm, I'm kind of a, a content creator by, by night slash um, in my free time. I love it. And I'm excited to get into it because um, we're not really talking much about your day job, but I think it's a good context for people to know that you can have a full-time job plus look like you're a full-time content creator on social media. So I'm glad that totally. you offered that, I appreciate that. perspective. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I know how much work it goes into everything as well. And so I think it's really yeah. good to know that people have real jobs, but also can do this on the side because it makes it a little more... Um, welcoming it's attainable to, yeah to get attainable 100%. yeah totally um so how would you describe your personal brand if someone hasn't looked at your feed yet for some reason how would you describe it that's a good question i would say that i so i'm i'm a bit of a sneakerhead, um and that's become a niche for me over the past few years but i would say that what i've kind of built a brand around is being pretty accessible so a lot of times the like streetwear um, and sneaker space can feel a little bit like a club that if you don't know, like the secret code, you can't get in. <laughs> and um, I feel like I, you know, love a lot of that culture and um, so much of that world. But I also like I'm holding my Starbucks right now. And so it's sort of um, I like to call myself kind of like the accessible, like everyday um, sneakerhead, my brand is very much just like lifestyle, a little bit of travel because I'm I'm a bit of a digital nomad and always on the go. Um, but everything I do is kind of centered around that like sneaker and style um, in my everyday life. I love that. And I think that's actually so true now that you put it in words like that. Even when I see your photos, because I'm, I'm not, I don't have sneakers, like I'm not that cool to have it. <laughs> but, but you don't like even if I had a cool pair of shoes, I would be like, can I wear this? Like, well, I look like a loser. Like, how do I wear this? And I feel like you do a really good job of being like, no, you can just wear this every day. Like I just wear it with all my normal clothes, but somehow make totally. it work. Yeah. And I, I so appreciate that because I think what I've sort of built a brand around and um, I'm starting to get to work with amazing brands like around this is that, you know, just because something is super hype doesn't mean that it's the coolest thing ever. Like I can walk into Foot Locker and, and find four shoes that I love that you can buy for retail today. And I think that a lot of times the like sneaker and streetwear space feels like, well, if it if it's easy to get, it's not, it's not cool. Um, and I just totally don't agree with that. So I think it's all about just like liking what you like and like, if you like it, it's cool. So I, I, I appreciate that that kind of shows through because that's definitely the brand that I think I've sort of tried to build. Yeah, no, you've definitely done a good job. And also because I know like my sister and my fiance were into sneakers for a while and it is a lot of work to yes. get your hands on those sneakers and they're so expensive. And I think that already puts people in different places if you can even afford the time or the money to get into it. And so I do like how you've done it where it's not necessarily about the limited edition or the one pair of shoes that exists in this world. It's about just taking your own style and projecting it onto the shoes that you can find. Totally. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't even know where to start to get those. Um, you know, it's super expensive. I, I'm not someone who's out here, you know, paying thousands of dollars for a pair of shoes. That's just not, um, 
how I would like to spend my money, nor is that feasible for me to be doing every week by any means. So that's definitely not like the, the lifestyle or brand that I want to paint because I also don't think that it's, you know, feasible or maybe the smartest investment for like the community um, of followers that I've built for sure. Totally. And you actually wear your shoes because that's the most frustrating thing yeah. about following people that are, collect sneakers is that they're just sitting in boxes. And I'm like, can't you just like wear them? They're just sneakers, really. Yeah, it's true. And I will admit, um, you know, there's definitely a few pairs that I do keep in my, you know, on my shelf that don't see the light of day too often. <laughs> but I do try to wear my shoes I think I get it's funny because my, my brother is a bit of a sneakerhead and he's probably how I originally got into like loving sneakers when I was younger um and he has a pair of like the Tom Sachs Mars Yards and I'm gonna message you a picture of these Rachel and they're a pretty like exclusive shoe and he just wears them to like the metal shop he'll wear them in the snow he'll wear them wherever and people are like oh my god like those shoes resell for like 12 grand are you really wearing those and he's like yeah like shoes are meant to be worn like I love them um, and so I try to kind of, you know, live by that too. It's, I get more joy out of them and I'm not someone who like resells my shoes really. I, I don't try to like get them and flip them. If I win a raffle, like I'm excited to have them and I want to integrate them into my um, wardrobe. There's definitely been times for sure where I'll win a shoe that's like pretty has a high resale value and it'll be hard to resist flipping it. Um, but that, I mean, there's a lot of people who that's like their whole um, mo in the sneaker world and that's just you know I, I just have shoes because I love them so right yeah you got to do whatever feels right for you totally and so when you started on Instagram when you started BTKJ which is now iconic you could say um, were you aware of building a brand at that time or is that something that like as Instagram grew and as the like influencer content creation space grew that you were able to hone in over time or can you walk us through kind of how you've built that brand? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I originally started, um, oh my God, like my Instagram name came when I honestly thought Instagram was like a tool for editing pictures. Like, I don't think I ever, <laughs> I never <laughs> thought that I would build a brand around that name. And every time I say to someone, my Instagram is beachy, like beach with a Y, KJ, I like cringe a little bit, but um, I started like my mom was a flight attendant so I, I traveled a lot um in my early 20s for just like a couple weekend trips and I would go to London a lot one of my best friends was living there and I started just posting um some of my favorite spots there and I would get asked a lot for recommendations so I just built out a blog that had city guides um and it just kind of naturally grew I would say like I just found there was a, a community around that and obviously you know, a lot of the creators that I knew and was connected to, especially in Montreal at that time, were big, like, travel um, bloggers. And and that was really, like, the niche that I saw. And I was like, oh, well, I travel all the time. Like, this is what I'll kind of do. Um, so I, I would say that I wasn't super cognizant of building out a brand. And it had definitely happened pretty naturally for me. And And I would say, I mean, as you and I have discussed separately like my brand has probably evolved a lot and become a lot more niche than it was even you know a year or two ago yeah totally and I think if people have been following you like you can definitely see that transition um I mean it doesn't help that COVID yeah. happened so your travel content yeah. basically was <laughs> basically died 
However, <laughs> yes. I think even before that, you could tell that it was more of the like sneakers and street style mixed in with the travel. And then that was really it, I guess. Yeah. So much more niche than like when you had started. Totally. I think what I found was the travel, it, like what worked really well for me on Instagram or what I've always said on social media is I want to just, I'm just living my life and sharing things that I'm doing. I never want to feel like I'm doing things so that I can put them on social media. And so I've always kind of led by that. And so I feel like my brand has kind of shifted when my life has shifted, um, which I like can look at my feed and see like, oh yeah, this was a pivotal time in my life for sure. So um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's been kind of a natural progression for me. Totally. I think it's even so funny, like, because I sometimes do it with mine too. And if even you look at like the types of photos you're taking, or like if you were smiling or not smiling, or like you go through like phases of content, obviously for how you're feeling at that time, but it's just funny to scroll yes. back and see. You're like, wow, I was taking this way too seriously before. And yes. then it's like, oh, and then I started posting way too many photos of like just flat lays. And then, like, you know, like there's definitely like, yeah friends and timelines which you can relate back to like your life which is really funny to see totally um and so what would your advice for to be what would your advice for someone who is trying to build a personal brand and looking for their niche because I think it's a little different now if someone is just starting because I feel like because when did you when did BGKJ start would you say God, that's a good question I would say probably like five-ish years ago. Like I, I had my Instagram, you know, my Instagram was always Beachy KJ for just like personal use. Um, but yeah, like when I was in university, it was probably so like five or six. Oh my God, maybe seven years ago when I think of how old I am now. Oh yeah, like I feel like six years ago. And okay. I definitely ag agree with you. Like it, Instagram looks very different than it did six years ago. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. And I think, cause I kind of started at the same time as you did. So I think we're, we, we both had the same sort of path, but for people that are starting now, yeah. I think it's a lot different because like content creation is a job and in, being an influencer is a job, which wasn't like, we were all just doing it for fun and trying to learn. And so I think yeah. now, I don't know if it's even, I don't even know if it's a good thing or not that people understand what it is now, because I think it would be a lot harder to grow. However, for people yeah. who are starting, so I'm sure you get the question a lot from people how would you suggest yeah. people start growing their personal brand and finding a niche um, on social media and Instagram specifically? Yeah, that definitely, I would say, is like the number one question. And I think what I really stand by is being as niche as possible helps a ton. And like, I will say candidly, you know, there's brands that I used to work with that just probably wouldn't work with me anymore um, slash I wouldn't work with them solely because it doesn't align with the type of content I'm trying to create these days. And so there's definitely, you can't be everything to everyone. And because it's so saturated right now, you, you won't succeed if that's what you're trying to do. And so I always say to people, like, if you are interested in like dogs playing chess, I guarantee you there are thousands and thousands of people who are also interested in that. So <laughs> whatever it is that you like, and a lot of people will say, well, I, like, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what I like, or, you know, I don't know really what I want to focus on. You know, 
fashion isn't too broad, you know, like there's so many girls that start and guys that start today and like will get thousands and thousands of followers and so much traction just sharing their personal style. Um, but I think that it's very hard to be absolutely everything to everyone. And so my tips would be create things that you like and that interests you. If it's you going to coffee shops, if it's, you know, what you wear every single day, consistency is key. If there's something you can share with people that's consistent that you do every day or every week, you know, I follow a girl that every Sunday does her Sunday shortlist on her stories and goes over, you know, five things that she loves that week. And I look forward to it. I go and I check, you know, Alyssa's story to see that. And so, um, you know, I, I, I wish that there was one secret to success. If somebody has it, let me know. But <laughs> I think that whatever you can do that is niche or specific to you or really shows who you are, authenticity um, shines through. And, and I think that that's what will help you grow. I hope that that's helpful. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's super helpful. And I think it's just a reminder to people that copying what you see from other people isn't the way to be successful nowadays, even though that seems like the easiest way to do it. You're like, oh, if they're successful, then like, if Catherine's successful, I should post sneakers, even though I don't wear sneakers. You know, it would be, it would be hard to be consistent if I'm just trying to be you on social media because you've yes. been successful. And so I think people need to be reminded that it's no, it's like, what do you like? Because that will come through, like you said, as authentic and that will gain your community around whatever it is you've chosen. A hundred percent. And I've definitely had times where I'm like, oh, like maybe if I do this type of content, it'll work for me. And just because it works for someone else. And I think it's really about finding what works for you. And I totally agree with your point. Like people can, it's very easy to spot authenticity, I find. And a lot of times that's the stuff that we're nervous to do. Like I'll get teased sometimes by my friends. They're like, oh, Catherine's Instagram stories. Hey guys, like how's it going? <laughs> and I get, it. I'm annoyed by my own voice, but like that's, you know, if you spend time with me and we're like, that is just, that's me and that's what I like. And you know, that's not everyone's cup of tea and that's totally fine. Um, but like, it's, you know, it's enough people's cup of tea, um, that it, you know, that it works for me. And so I think that, you know, don't ever be like, oh, this like maybe doesn't seem cool if I'm like being myself or whatever. I'm, you know, I'm sure there's things that I post that I'm like, you know, on paper, this is maybe not the coolest, but like, <laughs> here we are, this is life. So <laughs> join us. And what I find in like girls that I love to follow and guys too, I certainly don't mean to kind of silo that, but, um, people that are just like really authentic and say like Alana, for example, um, Alana Davison, who I'm sure like a lot of your listeners are familiar with, like she really grew. And I think that she would say this, like being just very authentic, like her, her content is the type of stuff, you know, she used to be on Snapchat saying the types of things that we would just have conversations as like you have with your girlfriends privately, but she says it to her audience. And so it's really likable and relatable because it's candid and people like that. So I think like, don't ever be afraid to be yourself. Like it's cool and people see that and appreciate it. And it makes you more likable and relatable. Totally. And I think it's even, you're more embarrassed of like what your close friends are going to think or what your like mom is going to think as opposed to the actual followers that you're creating the content for. And so I think you just forget 
that those people are following you or that whatever they have to say is pretty irrelevant to what you're doing. I think that's a good way to get over that fear as well. 1000%. Like, you know, you're always going to get someone who doesn't say something nice or whatever. And it's just like, you're the type of person who has that type of time on their hands. Like, I'm really not that (laughs) concerned about your opinion, honestly. Like, it just let it fall to the wayside, you know? And, And I think too, what's important is like, find a lot of people are nervous starting out because you're like, well, I don't have that many followers, you know? And like, does it look like I'm trying to be a blogger? What are people going to think? And, you know, if you have people in your life that are, you know, mocking that or whatever, like, just don't even listen. Who cares? Like respect that everyone's on their own path. And, you know, it doesn't, don't ever let that like steer you away from doing something that you want to do. Um, it's just not important. And anyone that has something to say about that is just like, it's, it's irrelevant, you know, everybody starts somewhere. Every creative will tell you that like the first work that they put out and so they go back and look at it and they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. But just like start and share and don't even worry about like what people think or what it comes across as like, if you are yourself, it will resonate with people. Absolutely. And for the most part, people are so self-absorbed that even if they look at it and don't like it or they make fun of it for one second, they've moved on to think about their own life later. So it's not as important to them as you think it is. 1000%. Totally agree. We're all so self-absorbed anyways. Like people, you think that people really care. And at the end of the day, like they don't, they don't, they're too focused (laughs) on what they're doing anyways. Totally. Um, And you touched upon it as you were explaining as your brand evolved, but I just want to touch upon brand collaborations because I know people are always really interested in how that works, but how many like collaboration pitches do you get compared to how many you actually agree to? That's a good question. I would say it's definitely been different in the past, you know, six to eight months, obviously with COVID, as I'm sure you've experienced, because I think a lot of brands were experiencing like, what's like, what's changing and what do my budgets look like? Um, I would say that I, God, I I would probably say yes to like four out of 10, I would say. And I used to, I would say that, you know, a year ago, even that would probably be like seven or eight out of 10 that I would say yes to. And I am definitely in a place, um, where, there's times where I'm like, Ooh, would love to say yes to this. Like would not hate saying yes to that paycheck. But I think that you sometimes have to, um, for the long game, like I now look at some of the brands that I get to work with and do things with, like I just um, launched a partnership with complex Canada that I'm super excited about. And, um, you know, I do things with Foot Locker and I'm now part of the Jordan women's family. And, I know that those are brands I wouldn't get to work with if I said yes to, you know, other ones that maybe don't align with the type of brand I'm trying to create. So I definitely look back at some of the collaborations I've done and I'm like, oh, can't believe I did that. (laughs) Or that maybe wasn't the most authentic to me. And now I really try to be, um, you know, laser focused on if it's not something I would buy or that I'm excited about or that I can easily integrate into the content that I'm creating these days, it's a no. And I definitely have the luxury of doing that because I um, do have a full-time job on the side. And I recognize that if I didn't, I would probably say yes to, you know, a few more and be a little bit more um, 
you know, creative and, and lenient in trying to incorporate those into my feed and, and my content. So I think that there is a balance, but that's kind of the, the path that I'm on right now. Totally. I love that. And I think that goes back to what we were saying about really honing in on what your niche is, if that is how you want to grow. And that is how you grow and build that community. So you need to, and every facet of your brand needs to be consistent, which includes the collaborations and sponsorships that you do. So I think that's really great to hear. And I think people should understand that even though, yes, there's always money probably on the table, it can really impact your brand if you start to get lost in what you're talking about. For sure, because you you become less valuable to those brands that you really do want to work with because people start to take your voice less seriously when it feels like you lend it to everything. And I definitely understand like wanting to, like I turned down a collaboration um, just last week that I had a conversation with my agency about and I was like, ah, like, can I make this work? I would really like, you know, that's a, that's a great paycheck. I could make it work, whatever. And we tried to kind of say, well, can I incorporate this? It was actually, it did, it was a sort of a lifestyle clothing brand and there were shoes involved. And I was like, oh, like I, I can't do these shoes, but if you guys will let me do these, we can make it work. And they said no. And I just had to be like, you know, that's no one in, no one who follows me would believe that that's authentic because it just wouldn't be me. So I definitely understand. It's not an easy thing to do. I'm not out here being like, oh, it's no problem. I just turned down whatever, but it definitely pays off in the end. And I think that's, what's important to remember, especially when you're kind of starting out, it's like, still be mindful of who you're working with and what you're agreeing to do. And like what that brand represents, because it does kind of lay the foundation for you moving forward. Totally. And how do you create your content? So yours, your photos seem very, I mean, especially now, cause there's a lot inside, <laughs> but it seems very yeah. like candid and like nonchalant. Like someone just happened to snap a photo of you, like sitting there with your sneakers. And I know that's obviously not how it works, but do you want to just yeah. talk about like the process of what goes into your content? Yeah, for sure. So I am kind of someone who will get like, I'll get a bit of a, vision in my head for a shot and I'll just be like I, I have to do this and sometimes that's like 10 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday and sometimes it's like a Sunday afternoon and I'm like oh, I just like I need to try this out right now um I'm a big self-timer person I've found that I have a vision of exactly what I want my shot to look like and sometimes it's just hard to you know convey that or you get someone to like hold it and they're holding it in a way that you didn't describe it or whatever. So I'm a big self-timer person. Um, I will say that my, my content is a little bit ad hoc because I get inspired by different things. Like sometimes I'll just be like really feeling a certain like <laughs> color palette and I'll be like, I'm going to do this kind of like violet scene today. And I'm fortunate that my, my condo is very it's very white with great lighting. And I, I have that kind of aesthetic that I've built in there that is very conducive to the type of content that I'm trying to create lately, which I think makes a huge difference. Like if you're in an environment that's easy to shoot in and aligns with like what content you're creating, it makes a huge difference. Cause we've all been in a space where you're like, ah, it's just a little hard for me to shoot in here or the lighting's not right. Or, you know, I'm traveling or whatever. So I would say that I will kind of go through an afternoon where maybe I'll shoot like three different shots um, because I'm inspired and I have a, an hour or so to kind of work with. Um, and then sometimes I'll literally, I'll be like on a conference call and I'll 
like to see some good lighting or like a shadow or something. I'll be like, Oh, I love that. I need to do something with that. Um, so I sort of say like when, when you're feeling inspired and like creative, you know, I'll try and do three or four shots if I can, because sometimes you just have a day where you're like, I just, I don't know. I'm not, not feeling inspired, but self-timer is my best friend. Um, if someone is shooting for me, I love them to just like burst because I find it's easy for me to, um, just move and get a little movement and be able to pick a winning shot out of that. And I think just being flexible with like what you're trying to get. I find a few years ago when I was creating content, I would be like, this is exactly what I mean. If it doesn't work out that way, I'll be like, ah, this didn't work out. And I think we all have been in that position where you're trying to shoot or you have a deadline or something and it's stressful and you know, something doesn't work out that way. And so I think just like going with the flow, understanding that some days you're just like, your shot doesn't turn out the way you want or whatever that may be. And that's okay. And to just kind of capitalize on the times when you are feeling creative. So yeah, to summarize, self-timer is my best friend. If someone's taking your pictures, definitely use burst and finding an editing style um, that works for you changes everything. I'll like snap a picture and be like, Oh, I'm not sure about this. And then I'll throw it in Lightroom and I'll be like, Oh, that was salvageable. <laughs> totally. The magic of Lightroom. I'm just like, Oh, and then you put it, you're like, wow, it looks so much more tan. It's so much more white. I'm like, wow, great. We can use this. 1000%. Yes. <laughs> and do you shoot everything on an iPhone or are you using a camera? Great question. No, I would say I'm 90% of my shots are done in my iPhone. Um, I do have a great, um, like Canon point and shoot that I love, but I just find I'm a little more ad hoc and, and typically don't always have that with me. Like I'm in New York right now and I just, I didn't bring that with me. So I'm a, I'm an iPhone user primarily. No, I love that. Um, and I think again, like talking about the gate for people to come into this world or this career, I think that you don't need the equipment you just need your iPhone and everyone already has the iPhone and like yeah. on mobile is free. So I think yes. um, it's very accessible to people. You just have to, like you said, you just have to be creative. And I find that it's the more you practice and the more you get good at it, especially self-timer, because that's a skill in itself to take a good photo yes. on self-timer. But if you just practice, you get better at it. A hundred percent you do. And like you find what, works for you and like what time of day or like what angles work or the poses you do and it becomes so much easier like I don't want to say you know my shots take me like five minutes but it really just doesn't take me that long anymore because I'll I know what I want it to look like I'll have a vision you know I'll take a couple tries self-timer the hardest part is like going back and like if you're not using remote and you're like oh got it the button and then for me, my friends make fun of me all the time. They're like, oh, I just picture you like with your shoes up in the air, trying to like awkwardly get the angle. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's true. <laughs> I love it. And where do you find inspiration? So the days that like you aren't creative or you do have a vision, like where is that coming from? Yeah, so I, I definitely save a lot of images on Instagram, like all the time. Like if I see something I like or like some girl's style that I like and and I'll do a, a shot and I'll then say you know inspired by like Olia or one of these like you know Jordan one girls that I love and because I think that that's so cool like sometimes I'll see shots that sneakerheads like Hannah Helso or something will do that I'll love and I'll try that out because it's become kind of like a you know 
trend or challenge in the sneaker community and attribute it to the person who did that because it's very hard to be original all the time. Um, and I, I really am a believer, like there's nothing wrong with, you know, doing things similar to what you've seen, but I'm a big believer in like giving credit to where you found that or like what you were inspired by, because I think that it, um, it garners respect from other creators and it also just like keeps things authentic. So yeah, I definitely like, I'm inspired by a lot of other accounts I follow. I'm a big Pinterest girl. Like I'm on Pinterest a lot and I just like save things, create like mood boards and stuff there. Um, and other than that, I think I just like, I try and keep my personal space very clean. I like to keep my clothes like kind of organized and, and coordinated and I'll just like be, I don't know, like kind of unwinding or like watching a show or something. And I'll just, I'll have a vision for, for something based on like colors or like the season or just like weird things like that. And totally. I'll just kind of go from there. But I think it's important, like on those days that I'm feeling creative, I'll be like, okay, well, let's just do like four shots because I'm feeling like I can do it. And then I don't feel that stressed on other days where I'm like, oh my gosh, I just could not get a picture of these shoes if my life depended on it. <laughs> Totally. I think I totally agree that when I'm like feeling it, you're like, okay, we're doing this until I don't feel like it anymore. Because I like, you just have to yeah. take advantage of those moments because you know, there's days that are just, they're just not going to work. And then you just don't understand why you're even doing this in the first place. And so, yes. and you need the photos, like I think to be consistent and to do everything that we've said up until this point, you need to have the content basically ready to go for the days that you aren't on your creative top game. And so totally. you do need to, you can't just take one photo every day because that would be extremely inefficient, but also totally. this won't work. So you need to have a collection of photos that you've done. And so when you are creative, taking advantage of that, I think is the right way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And have some go-tos. Like I, you know, if you look at my feed, a really standard KJ shot is like looking down at my sneakers and usually holding something like my new thing is I stencil everything like oh my god I'm obsessed with your stenciling <laughs> thank you and it's just like it's one of those things that's an easy it's sort of my like it's my flat lay or my kind of like filler shot it's what I can always go to when I'm feeling a little inspired or I just want to like I've got a new pair of sneakers that I want to snap that's my go-to and you know for a lot of people that's sunsets or um you know, their, their coffee, maybe without a stencil or whatever that is, you kind of have your like filler photos. I'm using my air quotes as I say that, but you have your kind of go-tos that like work for you in those moments when you need them. And I think that that's important. Like you'll find, I have a few poses that I definitely like will recycle, like me sort of like laying down on my bed, kicking my feet up in the air. Um, usually in like a, like a bike short or something, like I'll recycle that. I'll do like taking my sweater off. You can see kind of different layers. I do, my sneakers are up in the air. So I think you kind of like find the, the shots and the poses and stuff that work for you and you start to become known for that. It's almost like a signature thing. And um, then you feel less pressure to be, you know, I wouldn't say every shot I do was like, wow, I've never, I've just never seen that before. <laughs> I just try and like, it's a new pair of sneakers or it's a different color. It's a different setting. And um, that helps feel, you know, new enough in a place where we just are just inundated with so much content all the time. Totally. Yeah. Like you don't have to be original every single time. You just have to make it totally. look like put your stamp of approval on everything that you do, but doesn't necessarily yeah. be a new idea. Totally. Um, and 
is there a reason that you don't do a lot of video content? So you don't have IGTV and you don't have reels. Although I did put this question before you came out with your complex video series and I was like, oh, well, there's her video, but it's not on your page. And so I was like, I'm still going to ask Correct. her because you do stories, but you mo like you only have photos. So I just wanted to know if that's yes. like intentional or what it is. That's a great question. It's, it's not really. I am... Um... So I did, I do have a partnership now with Complex Canada where I'm creating video content. Um, candidly, I think I have been debating what type of video content is the most like relevant and interesting to my audience. Even I sometimes feel like, you know, there's, it's so saturated. There's so much of everything happening. Can I really like add, you know, does anyone really care about my voice in this or like what I'm creating? Um, and I think that that's maybe partly been why I haven't been overly inspired to be creating um, as much video content, but I am someone who like, I use stories a lot um, and I try and share my life that way. So I think that I will move into more IGTV and or reels, but I would say I just haven't been inspired with like the type of content that um, you know, I think people want to see. So that's probably, I'm trying to like navigate what I would do in that space because it definitely does take a little bit more time and effort, candidly. Like creating video content is more of a commitment than snapping a shot and posting it up. So um, that's probably a huge part of why I just have, have spent a little less time um, creating that. Totally. Yeah, which makes sense. And I'm assuming you're not on TikTok then. As well, I actually do. I do, do have, have TikTok? one TikTok. Yeah, I've only done one, um, and I do. And it was it's styling Jordan One lows, so it's similar to what my complex um, video was yesterday, which was styling um, Jordan One highs. And like it was fun. I had a good time. We'll probably dabble again, but um, yeah, I just I feel like I haven't really been like inspired in the video space, and I know that people like to absorb content. What I will say is that I'm not someone who spends too much time um, watching IGTV or Reels um, or TikTok, honestly, which is probably part of the reason that I don't spend as much time making it. But I know that many people do. They're obviously like huge. And Instagram right now does favor that content. I think most of us recognize. So um, it's something that I will move towards. But that's kind of my candid, that's sort of my candid reason of why I haven't yet. No, I love it. I'm the same. I actually am not a huge video watcher either. And, and sometimes mostly with stories, I have the sound off anyway. So like, I'm not, yeah. I find videos take up a lot of time and, and most videos, like no offense to most people on the internet, but they're not great. And so I'm like, yeah. I don't want to waste 15 seconds even, or like whatever IGTV is like up to like 10 minutes of my time with like, what nothing basically, because it's not ideal. And so I'm a little frustrated with Instagram right now with um, making the reels come up on the feed because I don't want to see that yeah. because they're not great. And so it's kind of a waste of my feed. And I agree even with TikTok and stuff too. Like I think there's great content being created, but sometimes you just yeah. feel like your brain's melting while you're watching. And so there's just other things yes. to do with your time. 1000% agree. I just, I find you can just get it sucked into like the TikTok tunnel and yeah I too find just like reels uh, you know I don't know that I've found content that I find is super geared towards me or that I'm super interested in yet and so that's probably why I haven't dabbled myself but that's not to say that there's not you know a million amazing creators doing great stuff 
Um, and so I'm probably just not spending enough time finding them. So I clearly need to do that. In fact, I'm going to try, I'm going to try and do that this week and start creating a little more video content because I do, I think it's really like, I would tell anyone diversify, like make as many different types of content on as many different platforms as you can. Like, don't be reliant on just one platform. Um, and I should probably take my own advice. So <laughs> totally. Actually, I found that when TikTok came out, that was like the greatest thing about TikTok was that it was like a different way to create content and it really got your like creative brain going like whether or not the content was great yeah. and I deleted a lot of the videos that I first made but it, it was a different yeah. way to see video and the way it was cut up and how to like add the like text and the songs and just make it really quick because they're really really short and I think um it's just a good brain exercise to make different types of content whether or not because I know a lot of people that even have TikTok but don't use their same handle or their real name just to like get into the content. And so it's more for just practice yeah. than anything. Yes. And you had YouTube for a hot minute. Is that something yes. that you're going to get into? Or was that just like, you just wanted to see what it was like? Or how do you feel about that? Because I know you just said to diversify. So what's your YouTube take? Yeah, like I think YouTube's great. I actually probably spend more time watching YouTube than I do any other platform. Um, honestly, it's just a big commitment to produce YouTube videos. And I just have not been super inspired. I'm not a great vlogger because I really like to, um, you know, I feel like working remotely, even like pre-COVID, that's my reality. And um, I am really, I my notifications own me and I'm always tied to my phone and my computer. And so when I'm living my life and, you know, with my friends or whatever, it's hard for me to want to be filming or trying to create content all the time, which I think is why I have not. And I think that's the content that people really like to see. Like I'll get asked a lot to do vlogs or a day in my life and that type of stuff. And, um, I just, I just haven't kind of broken into that. And I've, I've thought about it, but it's also, you know, sometimes it's intimidating creating new content. And that's why definitely you can relate to people who are just starting out because you're like, oh my God, like what if I, oh, my video looks so, you know, bad or I don't love that or whatever. And so it's intimidating. And I like YouTube. Again, that's the content that I prefer to watch. Um, so I think if anything, it's probably more realistic that I'll spend a little bit more time creating longer form videos on YouTube. Um, but I just have been a little bit kind of preoccupied um, with some other pieces right now. So that's probably the only reason that I haven't. But yeah, like YouTube is probably my favorite. There's definitely a lot of people that I watch their vlogs that I love to see the content they're doing. Um, and so the things that I typically watch and invest my time doing is, is more the stuff that I'm interested in creating just because I find that's probably like where my audience lives as well. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And yeah, it is a huge commitment. I give all props to vloggers that vlog consistently because you yes. just like, you're like, I have so many ideas. Like this is going to be great. I'm going to do once a week. Like how hard could that be? And then it's so hard. You don't do it. It's like, hard. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> and to organize and the footage. And then you forget. Oh my God. And you forget to bring your camera out and you're like, whoops, totally. sorry vlog. I didn't vlog for the past two days because I literally just forgot to film myself. So totally. yeah, I think it's just, I, I'm the same. I have such respect for YouTubers. Like it is an undertaking. Um, they, it's not an easy thing. And I think that that's a huge misconception. Like creating content and churning it out that consistently is hard and takes a lot of work. Totally. Yeah. And 
you just have to be on all the time and and people are expecting it like even when you said that the girl that you wait for her like Sunday stories like you yeah. expect people to put it out so when they don't put it out you're like oh like what happened like I have yeah, like I, was that I follow <laughs> yeah and I'm like disappointed if they don't put a video out that week I'm like what am I gonna watch now like I'm waiting for your life update yeah. so what are you doing yeah, hello like, <laughs> like I wanted to know what your apartment looks like I know it's so true um yeah like you you start to become kind of like reliance yeah it's very strange the internet is a weird world <laughs> it's a very it's a very weird world and you feel like you know people like I even I'll get messages from people sometimes I, I people really feel like they know you by what you put out on you on like any platform and I can't even imagine what it's like when you're someone who like vlogs your entire life like people really think that they know everything about you because of what you share, which is also just like so weird. For sure. Yeah, that is weird. And I mean, because we all do it too. Like I follow so many people and I'm like, yeah, they did this and they do this and they love this. And it's just like, well, you don't know that. Like you don't really know who they are, but it is. You get very attached to them. And I feel like it's a very like Kardashian-esque thing nowadays that be it's what they did to the world basically is now how you feel about just normal people and their lives yes 100 percent. yeah it's I mean it's fun like it's weird if you think about it too hard but it's also fun because obviously we're a part of it so yeah <laughs> you can't be too hard on it <laughs> it's totally true we we definitely are a huge part of that and like I there's so many great aspects of it too Oh, for sure. And I think like even meeting people and learning things and experiencing like travel destinations or new restaurants or like whatever life hacks people are sharing. And I think that's, or even just different opinions and perspectives, I think it's great. Yeah. Um, okay. A couple more questions before we wrap up. Um, just to basically summarize everything that we've just said for someone who's looking to become an influencer or step up their game on social media, what are some of the things that they can do like right now? I think be consistent with your content, like put out content all the time. Don't put out stuff that you're not happy with. Like don't put it out just because you feel like you have to, but try really hard to consistently put out content because like we just said, like people start to look for it. And if you don't, people kind of forget or they become less interested. So consistency is key. Um, engage with other creators. I don't think that you can expect people to like support what you're doing if you're not prepared to support other people as well. So I think it's really important to, you know, find other people who are creating content that you like or inspired by, let them know, share their work. Um, I think that that's really like not enough people spend enough time doing that. And I think it's really important. And um, I would say the last piece is just try and find your niche. Try and share who you are in some way. Even if you feel like you're not, you know, that interesting or you don't have something that specific, like you are, everyone is. And no matter what you like, if it's cooking or fashion or sneakers or coffee or travel, like whatever it is, share that, share why you like it, share what it is about it that inspires you. And like people will gravitate towards that. I love it. And if you could only wear one pair of sneakers forever, which one would you choose? I know you love your yes. ultimatum questions on social media. <laughs> I know, it's so true. I know I love to ask people that. And they <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> like that's, oh God, that's a really hard question. I, like if I had to go for a silhouette, I, I would just for sure say a Jordan one because it's such a classic 
shoe. It's something I can wear, you know, any season, all the time. Um, I love my, my bread toes are just like an iconic favorite of mine. So that would probably be my go-to. An AJ1 high bread toe would be my pick. <laughs> Amazing. And I wish I could like picture what that is, but I'll have to go on your feed <laughs> and so I <laughs> can see it. it. <laughs> um, and where can people find and connect with you? People can find me at Beachy KJ on the gram. And I would just absolutely love that. And if you guys, if there's video content you want to see, let me know because Rachel has made me realize that I really am not creative enough <laughs> and I need to. So <laughs> yeah, we want to see the IGTV and the real tab show up on your profile. <laughs> I know I need to, I need to set that as a goal for myself. I'm going to work on that in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I totally understand. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Well, thanks for coming back on here as always. I think it was a great conversation, so I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. I look forward to us doing this in like two years from now and seeing where we're both at then. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird, weird milestone because it goes by so fast. <laughs> yes, it's crazy. I know. Well, thanks so much, Rachel. Thanks for listening to this episode of Poolside Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation Catherine and I had about sneakers, building a brand, and really finding what your niche is if you enjoyed this episode i'd really appreciate it if you shared it on your social media tagged us if you left a rating and review that's what really keeps this podcast going and i love to hear from you guys so i will see you in the next episode